This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. There is perfection in the imperfection. <laughs> you know, that, that little word, ecclesiology, is not yeah, so yeah. common these days. So when, whenever I do something, you know, in the media and people have to say that, I, I feel great empathy for them, you know. <laughs> Dude, it seems but like isn't it, that an amazing passage? Eh? It's bizarre. It's so bizarre. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've been I've been working my way through it, and uh, apart from all the bloods and guts and gore, I mean, if you can kind of get over that and all the weirdness that happens of the slaughtering and kill everyone, babies and women and children and and men and every animal. I mean, God really was all about clearing everything, everything that was in any opposition to Him and for His nation being able to be loyal. I don't know. You're going to have to help us here. Sometimes I read that and it's a difficult thing to read through. Yeah. So, Brad, just to say in, in biblical scholarship, we, we speak about this notion of progressive revelation. So I'll, I'll explain that in a moment. But um, basically what, what you find in, in 1 Samuel is a relatively early telling of the faith of the Hebrew people in a context where there was a sort of a competition, national competition, between the, the, the nations of the ancient Near East. And these were often tied to their religious beliefs. So you'll see, for example, in Psalms, um, their references to the fact that our God is greater than your God. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that certainly at that time, the Hebrew people were still, they were still making sense of a world in which there was only one God, what today we would call monotheism. Mm. Um, they still believed, as many ancient peoples did, that, you know, there was this the sense that there were these gods and these gods protected, you know, not only crops and fertility, but also nations politically. And what we see in Samuel, because of course, this is the story of the establishment of a people, uh, the calling and and anointing of a king, uh, the setting apart of God's holy people. It's a very early form of, of making sense of, of their faith. So yeah. progressive revelation simply means that, you know, as, as people's understanding of something becomes more sophisticated, uh, their telling of it can be more more nuanced. It can be more uh, uh, clear. You know, mm. for example, w- when when my son Liam was three or four, if you ask me, Daddy, how does a car work? You know, I'd say you put your foot here and you press it and it goes. You know, now that he's sixteen, I can say to him, well, it's got an internal combustion engine mm. and you know, a flammable substance goes into the piston. So, so as you progress, your your ability to tell a truer story uh, happens. So, so part of what we have to recognize here is we 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 have to just be a little bit careful to to recognize this was a a, a story that was written at a particular time in history to give an account of of how the Hebrew people were making sense of God and purity and difference from other nations and establishing themselves as God's chosen people, the holy people. Yeah, still pretty graphic to try and get your head around and the kind of lifestyle people were living <laughs> where slaughtering other people was kind of commonplace and everyday occurrence. Uh, so the, Brad, the... I, 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 I would say to people when they say, well, I'm reading through the Bible, when they get to these bits, I say, well, if you if you want something sort of to calm you down, <laughs> go and read the book of Numbers, you know, so-and-so begat so-and-so. That'll calm you right down. <laughs> it will. Thanks for giving us context this morning. You know, and and, and I, I've actually grown to dislike Saul. I don't know if that's right or wrong. From the more I've been reading through the book of 1 Samuel, I kind of, I don't know, I suppose that happens with any character. You have your own personal feelings based on many other things besides what you're reading in front of you. 
But again, it's this conversation we're having this morning. Another imperfect person that God would say, okay, I'll use you um, and see what can come of you. Uh, yeah, we are imperfect people. And God would say, I still love you and I still have something that I need you to do and that you will do for me. Uh, despite the fact that you carry all of these imperfections. Often the things that we think disqualify us might be the things that qualify us. Brad, you're absolutely right there. So, so let's, let's start at, at, at the beginning where we should start with this conversation. And of course, that's, that's in the scriptures. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, that very, very well-known passage, 12 verses 8 to 10. You know, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Now, that, that seems like a bit of a paradox, um, but of course, that is the reality. You know, the, the fact that, that you know, I, and, and it becomes more and more real for me every day, the fact that my eyesight is failing, uh, you know, that I can't run as fast or far as I used to, that, you know, when my kids don't talk loud enough, I have to say, pardon, can you say <laughs> that again? <laughs> you know, that's, that's the reality of life. But, that you know we we're not we're not born perfect we certainly won't remain perfect and and what is good in us will will change you know from physical perhaps to emotional you know these these things will change but we do know this that that the god who is god is is perfect in every way and there's a sense in which if you think about it if this whole reality is about a god who loves god's creation and who wants to express God's absolute love for creation, then it makes perfect sense that, that when we are imperfect, God's perfection is shown all the more by loving us, even in the midst of our imperfection. Okay, let's park that for a moment. So the mm -hmm. scriptures make that clear. God loves imperfect people. You and I were joking about this yesterday. Yeah. I think God loves me a bit more than God loves you because <laughs> I'm a little bit more imperfect. But um, <laughs> it's not a competition. <laughs> But Brad, then the, the second thing that strikes me is, um, you know, and I was thinking about this quite a lot. One of my favorite philosophers is is a, a fairly obscure Slovenian guy called Slavoj Žižek. I mean, he's 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 really quite quite brilliant, and and he has these ideas, and he he has this little quote. He says, "Love means that you accept a person with all their failures, with their stupidities and ugly points, and nonetheless you see." perfection in imperfection itself and I was thinking about this I was thinking I'm so grateful that this is true for most of life because otherwise we would find it very difficult to love our children I mean whose child is born knowing you know uh, calculus yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whose child Imagine. is born knowing how to you know uh, being potty trained I mean these things don't happen but the fact that we that we work with with our our children in a way we, we we love what they cannot do and help them to learn to do the things that they can and sometimes even the things that they can't do we we cover over with grace isn't that something beautiful now now if we take that back um brad yesterday i sent to you psalm 107 verse verse 43 listen to this it says verse 43 it says let the one who is wise heed the things of the lord and ponder the loving deeds of God. Now, now that struck me. If we were just to sit down and say, Lord, I want to, I want to ponder upon your loving deeds. It might be a little bit like that, you know, metaphor, that image I've just sketched to say, mm -hmm. isn't it wonderful that the Lord loves us so much that his, his love is made perfect in caring for us in our imperfection, that his love is made perfect for us just as we as parents 
show our love for our children by by helping them in the things they cannot do uh, that they'll learn to do eventually or may never do mm. imagine how wonderful it is that god loves us as we are okay so brad here's here's the idea behind it um, of course there are some imperfections that we need to strive to overcome jealousies uh, selfishness anger you know these kinds of of things need to be replaced by virtues. We need to grow up in everything like Christ, as Paul says. Mm. But there are some things that we probably will never get right. I mean, I'll never have enough courage. I'll never have enough faith. Um, I'll never have enough love to overcome certain things. And that's okay. I can lean into God and say, Lord, help me to do everything that I can to become as perfect as I possibly can to give you glory. But for whatever I can't do today, I'm trusting you to do the rest. Of them. And I'm gonna I'm gonna ponder on your loving deeds. So so that's that's been my sort of message hmm. for this week to say, Lord, I want to do everything I can, but I also want to celebrate everything I can't because I know you can pick up the rest. I love that. We have a big responsibility to do our share though, not to sit back, say, Woe is me, can't do anything, God, you're gonna have to step in here and do uh, I think God's like we are, I suppose, with our kids, at least try. How do you spell that? Well, how do you think you spell it? <laughs> you know, to make to to try and make an effort to to show, I suppose, our attitude and our desire to do something, and and let God build on that. So, I guess it starts with the willingness to do something. Absolutely, Brad. One of my my absolute favorite uh, artists is a, a Christian group called the Porter's Gate, mm-hmm. and um, they've just released an, an album called Worship for Workers. It's it's so beautiful. But in there, they they they've done a, a version of St. Patrick's Breastplate. St. Patrick was, of course, the saint who evangelized, uh, you know, Ireland and 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 parts of of England into Europe. And uh, there's this beautiful li- line in in the song St. Patrick's. Uh, breastplate when it says you know when i'm worn and exhausted and ashamed that i'm mad christ defend me i rise up today in a strength that's not my own i'm held by the promise of god that i'm never alone isn't that beautiful we love that we're never alone that's the voice of uh, professor dion foster I'll try to do better now. Head of Department of Systematic Theology and Ecclesiology, <laughs> the director of the Basenordia Center for Public Theology. And that title is not going to be around for very much longer, so I'll keep practicing it until we change it to something else. Dion, as a, always, what a pleasure. Thanks for your time this morning. We know how valuable it is, and uh, we love having you on the show. Thanks, my friend. Chat next week. Have a blessed week. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.